You're listening to the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast, recorded in the studio of Maine Magazine at 75 Market Street, Portland, Maine. Download past shows and become a podcast subscriber of Dr. Lisa Belial on iTunes. See the Dr. Lisa website or Facebook page for details. Here are some highlights from this week's program. When you think about here in our little part of Southern Maine, how many wonderful, wonderful restaurants we have and how many customers we have at those restaurants is, is always amazing. It's a wonderful business to be in. It's um, wonderful to listen to the customer feedback. You know, there's nothing greater than when the guests come in the kitchen you know, and they say thank you, thank you. And you know, the young kids hear that and really makes their day satisfying and, and worthwhile. And there's a goal there. What makes a really great experience is our staff and how they treat our people. We have over 40 people working for us. The way they work and their hard work and, and their commitment and their desire to make sure that all our guests individually have an amazing time that makes it, in my opinion, that guests don't want to leave, that they want to stay, because they feel so pampered and taken care of. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is made possible with the support of the following generous sponsors. Maine Magazine, Marcy Booth of Booth, Maine, Apothecary by Design, Premier Sports Health, a division of Black Bear Medical, Dr. John Herzog of Orthopedic Specialists, Sea Bags, Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage, Ted Carter, Inspired Landscapes, and Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial. This is Dr. Lisa Belial, and you're listening to the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast, show number 109, Hospitality, airing for the first time on Sunday, October 13th, 2013. Today's guests include Jonathan Cartwright, Executive Chef with the White Barn Inn, and Raymond Brunyansky, co-owner at the Camden Harbor Inn. Autumn has arrived, and with it, the leaf peepers. Leaf peepers are a wonderful class of tourists who enjoy traveling to northern climes in search of brilliant fall foliage. Maine, home to thousands of acres of deciduous trees, offers a special treat to those who would peep at leaves. Maine is a special place to visit for much of the year and those who offer hospitality to our visitors are in large part responsible for this fact. I've had my share of experience offering hospitality to Maine visitors. As a high school student, I manned the counters at various Freeport retail establishments and waitressed at the now-defunct Down East Village restaurant in my hometown. Later, I became an in-state visitor and have had memorable moments at many fine Maine eateries and hotels. It feels good to take care of people and to be cared for by others. These experiences offer a unique type of healing from which we might all benefit. Executive chef Jonathan Cartwright of the White Barn Inn and Camden Harbor Inn co-owner Raymond Brunyansky can attest to this. They have delivered healing hospitality to thousands of Maine visitors and locals. Though people may come to the state for our autumn leaves and beautiful vistas, they return again and again for our healing hospitality. What a gift it is that we may offer this to the world. We hope that you enjoy today's hospitality show and think about the ways in which you yourself have benefited from and offered hospitality to others. Thank you for joining us. One of the first best restaurants I ever went to in the state of Maine was the White Barn Inn. And I remember walking in as a young 20-something, not even out of medical school with barely two nickels to scrape together and being amazed 
amazed by the setting, amazed by the waitstaff, but even more amazed by the food. And as it turns out, Jonathan Cartwright is one of the um, sort of, he's the wizard behind the amazement when it comes to the White Barn Inn restaurant. So we're very privileged today to have Jonathan with us to talk about what it means to be a great chef at one of Maine's great restaurants. Thank you for coming in. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, and thank you for that, those kind words. Um, you know, the White Barn Inn is a special, special place. It's a place I've been there for 18 years. And when I first came there, it was, um, you know, just as you explained there, it was. Uh, it took my breath away. It, it took my heart and um, kept it there. And um, it really is a beautiful, beautiful setting with a great vision of an owner that was Lawrence Pongiorno that I came to work for, who was an Australian. And we try to continue the vision of what he had for the place. And that is, you know, really uh, to everybody do their job and to make people just have a couple of hours of happiness and away from the the world that we live in, you know, and uh, transported to um, relax, to have conversation, to enjoy good food, enjoy good wine, and to have a wonderful experience here in Maine. Now, um, Lori Bongiorno is, had passed away, and it's, I think that the timing must have been pretty close. How long had you worked with him before he passed away? Um, I came in 1995. Lori passed away in 2007. Um, so we'd been uh, about 12 years together. He was a wonderful boss. He was a fantastic friend. Um, he was a workaholic. He really poured his um, heart and soul into the White Barn Inn and what he created there and other uh, properties here in Kennebunkport. Um, but I got to say, he was the most genuine, passionate, hospitable person that you would ever meet. He could make the most humble person, uh, the person that would stretch to come to the White Barn because it's obviously not cheap to come there and it's expensive what we put on, but he would make someone that would save long time for that experience and want to come for a special occasion feel so at home and so welcome and so special that he was a, a, an amazing chap. and. Um, you know, a, a, an honor to work for him, and I was so lucky. I always feel that, um, you know, in life you go around and sometimes um, you wander and you look for a job and you look for something that um, pays well and takes care of you and can have your standard of living. But, you know, when I found Laurie or he found me, that um, the connect was so wonderful and the white bond in stage to perform on is is so special. So it was a... I was so lucky, you know, so blessed to meet him, so sad that he passed away so young and um, really is missed. But what a, what a great guy. And still at the White Barn, many things that we continue to do and strive to do are all based on his vision and um, his passion for the business. He was somewhat of a visionary because I know that um, having spent quite a lot of time in Kennebunkport myself, um, now Tim Harrington and a lot of and a lot of people are behind this this wonderful um, revitalization that's happening. But the White Barn Inn came before all that. I remember driving down to Kennebunkport and just the property sort of opens up and there's this um, um, beautiful house that's there and this beautiful restaurant. But it came before this resurgence that um, that happened. I wonder what that must have been like for him to kind of want to create this um, award winning 
hotel and restaurant in the middle of the woods. <laughs> he, he was an amazing chap. You're, you're right there. I mean, a visionary, um, entrepreneur. Uh, he was very passionate about what he did. He worked for a large company, worked for Hyatt Hotels here in America, and he'd been to Kenny Bunkport and he'd seen the white bonnet and he'd said to a local realtor that if that ever comes up for sale, I want to buy it. And he had the vision to become a Rallian Chateau member, which is uh, an affiliation of hotels. They're all privately owned, but they come together as members of Rallian Chateau to market themselves and to promote um, what individual hotels do. So uh, the the Rallian Chateau brand, the organization, the affiliation, comes from Rue de Bonheur, which was the route of happiness in France, which were four little auberges on the way from Paris down to Nice to the Côte d'Azur for uh, wealthy Parisians to take vacations. And the White Bon Inn has a history that really, really blends into that and really is like it was a little auberge for people to stop off on their way from New York to go up to Bar Harbor or to spend summer in Kenny Bunkport, things like that. So he had the vision, okay, I'm going to refine this. I'm going to make it a grand little hotel, uh, a little gem, you know, in Kenny Bunk, Kenny Bunkport. When things, you know, were a little old-fashioned, to say the least, you know, now it's very modern. As you mentioned, Mr. Harrington is doing a fantastic job uh, with um, livening the place up and, and bringing it, keeping it alive, really, keeping it alive, because it, it is very much alive. And it's a wonderful place to vacation, whether you're young or old. You know, we have uh, a wonderful town um, gentleman called um, President Bush, <laughs> a 41st president, and, um, you know, he's a great guy, and he really put Kenny Bunkport on the map, and he's a great supporter of all the businesses in Kenny Bunkport and the restaurants in particular and a lovely chap and um, I think now we have a wonderful town really built around him and I think Laurie had that vision um, that Kenny Bunkport was a destination a place where um, many many Americans and international people want to come and vacation and President Bush in his um, tenure with the, uh, at the White House and other things has really put it on the worldwide map because the media cover him so much and um, you know it's a wonderful wonderful place it's uh, and I can't say you know just about the restaurants and the fun things to do it's a wonderful area to bring up the family I have young children and it's it's it is a beautiful, beautiful place to have a family and have a life, you know, it really is. So he was a great guy and sadly very missed. You're obviously not from around here. People who are listening, I, I hope that they've gleaned that perhaps that you have a little bit of an accent. You've come from ac across the pond, shall we say. Where? What made you decide that Maine was going to be your home, at least for the last, I guess you've said, 18 years? 18 years I've been here, yes. Well, that's a very good question. Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a very lucky chef that came from uh, England, that came from a town called Sheffield that um, is quite famous for its steel, in particular its cutlery, um, silverware and that. More recently, uh, more famous for the movie The Full Monty, where some male strippers decided to make some money after the mines and steel industry went a little south. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, what made me come to Maine? I'd been to America. I had the fortune to work for the Savoy Hotel in London. I'd been to America on a promotion. We did New York and Los Angeles, and I really enjoyed my time in America and honestly just thought, wow, what a great place and what a, a you know, 
I thought then this was um, 89 and I thought, wow, you know, the food is very good, but it's got a long way to go. Um, and I think, you know, America is really now the fastest moving food place on earth. You know, I've been to, I haven't been everywhere in the world, but I think, you know, our customers really appreciate good food. We have a good customer base all around the country, not just talking about Kenny Bumpo. And we have wonderful, wonderful restaurants that are advancing so quickly compared to, you know, you go to France, or Italy, Germany, England. You know, England's not so well known for its food. But, um, you know, we have wonderful restaurants. But it's very um, sort of historic industry and, and, and restaurants are landmarks. And then to make a mark on that. In America, I think it's much more understanding. And young people open restaurants and they're wonderful and they really understand their customers and we get great customer feedback I think in America so it's a, a wonderful place to cook and to work in and um, so going back to the real question how about Kenny Bunkport and Kenny Bunk um, I'd been to America I really wanted to come back visas are very hard to get and um, I had worked in Lenox Massachusetts uh, at a place called Blanta another Relin Chateau member and um, I had to leave because my visa ran out and I went back to Switzerland um, just to do a winter season and lucky enough on the virtually the last day of my um, Swiss contract the phone rang and an Australian chap was on the other end and it was Laurie Bonchono and he said hey I heard you want to come back to America and I said wow how do you get my number how do you get all this it was so funny and like you mentioned coming across the pond I said the funniest thing to Laurie was uh, and I'm sure knowing him now uh, and getting to work with him and everything he probably took three or four puffs on his cigarette and thought long and hard about the answer and probably thought, do I really want this crazy guy? Because I said, how about meeting me halfway? I don't know, I'm sure he just like puffed on a cigarette and went, I'm not sure I want this guy. Does he know? <laughs> what do you mean by halfway, chief? He said. <laughs> and I said, well, I'll get to Boston. Can you pick me up? And uh, I came on the 19th of April, um, 1995, had dinner at the White Barn Inn. He welcomed, he sent someone to pick me up. He welcomed me in his usual way and very hospitable and a wonderful chap. Um, and I sat down on a table that I still consider my favorite table in the restaurant. And um, I have many funny stories about that too. And um, um, I, I just looked at the window, looked at everything, felt what you explained when you first opened up the show today. Um, how nice and warm and uh, the, the feeling of being taken care of and the quality of the food was amazing. I was like, I just looked at, sort of at the window and whispered to myself, hmm, okay, smarty pants, how are you going to improve this if you get the job? <laughs> and, you know, Laurie and I hit it off and um, kind of guy you could not meet, uh, a fairer boss you could not have. And always wanting to push and really strive to go forward and to, if yesterday was good, we can be better tomorrow. If yesterday was bad, we got to pick ourselves up and really buckle down and fix everything up and, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, it, it, he'll, he wanted everybody to love their experience and enjoy it. And, um, you know, that's still the motto right now, you know, we try to take care of everybody and it's a really... Um, enjoyable when it all goes right and when it goes a little wrong it's very disappointing but you know you have to stand up and face the facts and be really um, kind to those people and make them want to come back you know so it's it's a great business and he was a great guy and I was very lucky to end up here and it, it 
you know, it's beautiful being in um, Maine because of the wonderful farmers we have, the wonderful fish that we have here, um, forages, everything. The product that we have is wonderful. You only can cook good food with great product. You, you know, you can't make a good dish out of something that's bad. And Maine has got that. And the wonderful thing for being a European, Northern European person like me is that we have the distinct four seasons here. That is great to cook through that, and um, that was my background when I spent some time in Puerto Rico, a winter in Puerto Rico, and it's very, very warm, 95 degrees every, every day. It's very difficult to apply um, cooking techniques and ethic from Northern Europe in that kind of um, weather condition. So Maine is beautiful, and it's really a great place. It's my home. So I, I really, and I was very, very fortunate to meet Laurie and to have that opportunity to come to the White Bonnet because it was a fantastic restaurant before I, I ever stepped foot in it. And that first meal was amazing. Here on the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast, we've long recognized the link between health and wealth. Here to speak more on the topic is Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial. I remember my first payroll job as a dishwasher. Punch the clock, scrape and wash the dishes. It was mindless work. By doing the work, I realized that this was not what I wanted to do with my life. I remember the most physically taxing job I had as an operator of a jackhammer on a bridge construction crew one summer between my first and second senior years of college. I loved the tan, the money, and the muscles I got that summer, but by doing the work, I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do with my life. I remember the effort required to teach kids about the real applications of math and money at an academy in the mountains of western Maine. But even the kids knew that there was more I wanted to do with my life. I know that I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for all of my experiences in life. They are not highs and lows, they are the foundation on which we continue to build. Today I do the dishes, cut the grass, paint the house, make the popcorn, shop at the deli, drink the beer, and invest the money. These things I do because I accept that hard work is part of life, and knowing that to be the case, we just get on with it so that we can come back and enjoy our free time with family and friends. Money makes a lot of this possible. To learn more, like us on Facebook or go to www.shepherdfinancialmain.com. We want to help you Evolve with your money. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through Flagship Harbor Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Flagship Harbor Advisors and Shepherd Financial are separate entities from LPL Financial. There was a time when the apothecary was a place where you could get safe, reliable medicines, carefully prepared by experienced professionals, coupled with care and attention, focused on you and your unique health concerns. Apothecary by Design is built around the forgotten notion that you don't just need your prescriptions filled, you need attention, advice, and individual care. Visit their website, apothecarybydesign.com, or drop by the store at 84 Marginal Way in Portland and experience pharmacy care the way it was meant to be. food has become the new religion. It's, it seems as though here in America, 
this we've somehow elevated the things that we put in our mouths to this much higher level than perhaps ever before. I don't know if you have that sense, and, and if you do have that sense, I wonder if you can answer why that might be. Why has food become so important to us? Wow, very, very difficult questions, but good questions. I think um, Americans and uh, have always traveled. They've always gone to places to, um, you know, Paris has been very popular for Americans and it's very well known for its cuisine. Italy is very popular for uh, Americans and the cuisine there is fantastic. Uh, I, I think, you know, now Americans want it on their doorstep. They, they don't want to have to go so far to get it. and that So there's now a great market for that. And that, as in, uh, you know, America, the um, country embraces it and feeds the market. So therefore, um, it really is down to a customer base and the, the, the willingness of people to try new things and wanting to have that on their doorstep that, that does that. So yes, I think it is a great place. I mentioned that earlier that I think it's growing very fast and that is down to a customer. Why they have that? I think they've always searched it further afield but now they really um, want to spend time at home, want to do it on their doorstep. And when you think about here in our little part of southern Maine, how many wonderful, wonderful restaurants we have and how many customers we have at those restaurants is, is always amazing. And um, we're just one little part of America. You go around America, you find them in every little village because the customers really, really, really enjoy that. I think the media has helped us immensely and spread that around, um, you know, like President Bush putting Kenny Bunkport sort of on the worldwide map. I think, um, you know, food has been put on the American map by these shows on television, whether you like them or not. Uh, but, but people really, I mean, we do. People that want to come and buy a, a couple of hours in the kitchen to see what we do is amazing. And it's so popular right now. And then understand about food and they have questions when we do a cooking class that you mentioned um, coming to one with a, a guest chef of ours but um, I'm always amazed about the people putting up their hand and asking questions about well where do I get this from and it's like have you ever had this have you ever had that and I think wow that's not just supermarket general food that you buy that is really interesting stuff and and you know I think uh, they've seen it on television or they've read it on menus. They've had it at other restaurants that they've traveled to and really wanted um, here in America. And um, that's why it's a wonderful business to be in. It's um, wonderful to listen to the customer feedback. You know, there's nothing greater than when guests come in the kitchen, you know, the bartender invites them in the kitchen to have a tour around or something, and they say, thank you, thank you. And, you know, the young kids hear that and really makes their day um, you know, satisfying and, and worthwhile, and there's a goal there at the end of it. So, um, really, don't know truly why we have these great customers in America, but it is a great country, and and um, you know, food I think was suppressed a little bit for some years. There and now seems to be the boom things, and I think you know, eating, dining out, uh, entertaining. Um, is really, really important. And I think you wanted to talk about share our strengths and um, the schooling system, I think, needs to catch up to where we are in 
the dining and the hospitality world and put that as part of the curriculum for children. You know, lunch breaks are too short at school and they're not, um, they're not embraced, they're not part of the schooling system. It's in, out, you need to eat to have energy to go off and do something else to do your schooling, which I think was cuisine many moons ago in America. But, you know, think about how much business, how much um, work, how much life is done over the dining room table out of that. If you teach a, a 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old child what food is, what, what the values are of that, and also how to sit at a table, not fidget around, not run off and have that conversation. Or, you know, even who, who trains you for a cocktail party? I mean, we go to many cocktail parties. You've got one glass in one hand, someone's trying to give you food, and you're trying to have a conversation at the same time and not have food around, around your mouth and look. I mean, it's so difficult. I mean, but if you trained that at a young age or, you know, had those kind of sessions at school, they'd think much more healthier about snacking, about things to do, and really, um, we'd, uh, I think we would solve a few of the problems we have of children being hungry or eating wrong binging on wrong things. I mean, you know, you should eat everything. Of course, I I love food and uh, I cook a lot of food that perhaps isn't the healthiest if you eat a lot, 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 lot of it over and over and over again. But, um, you know, you need to try things and uh, and that. But you need to know the, the path and the course of that and what will happen. And I think if we put that in as a curriculum for young children, we'd... Um, We'd have a, 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 I mean, I wish we we did it at my school. Uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't have wanted to be a cyclist. I probably would have wanted to be a, a chef from a very young age rather than from, uh, well, lost and not knowing what to do in life. Well, I'm glad you brought up Share Our Strength because I, I did want to make sure that people are aware that um, in addition to being a high-end, maybe one of the highest-end restaurants in Maine, um, and being a special occasion place for many, you also support the organization Share Our Strength, which is a hunger relief organization for children not only here in Maine but across the United States. And this has been a priority for you for many years. In fact, I know that Billy Shore was um, at your restaurant having a meal in honor of Share Our Strength and the proceeds of which went to Share Our Strength. So ending childhood hunger is very important to your organization as well. It most certainly is. I mean, uh, Mr. Logothetis is a wonderful man. He has, um, uh, you know, we have committed as a, as a whole company with the Grace Hotels worldwide to um, donate a certain amount of our of our proceeds from certain dishes and certain um, cocktails and room stays to go to local charities and our Rhode Island property and our main properties. Um, the money goes to share our strength. And I think, you know, for me, I have young children and I, I could not imagine, you know, we, uh, I'm fortunate and um, uh, Kenny Bonk put the white bond in, Laurie Bonchono has been very kind to me and, and, and Mr. Logothetis is very kind to me as well. Um, uh, but we, we, you know, there's some things we have to say to the children, no, we can't have those, we, you know, you've got to go without. But I could not imagine putting my two little girls to bed hungry at night and um, and I think that is so sad in a country where we have so much and we do so much for you know relief of anybody in the world that gets into difficulty anybody in the country but you know we don't look out for our little children that are our future that are everything you know I mean I'm not sure that 
my children will be chefs, but you know they will be something in the country, and they will contribute to um, the growth of the country and the continuity of the of of America. And um, hopefully they will do it always with a good meal in their tummies. And uh, I think that's very very important. And you know, uh, I have always had the good fortune of. Uh, of being well fed and uh, had the opportunity to try a lot of things and that I really couldn't imagine how to do life, to continue in life, to be positive about life if you were hungry every day or, you know, for days on end. And um, and uh, I think it is really, really important. And I, again, go back to schooling. I think, you know, I, I you know, do funny things at my daughter's school because they asked me to do those things. And I really, really enjoy that. But I really think that we should focus on, from a young age, really teaching children about dining and the importance of that and the importance of a meal and in the importance of that time what you can discuss what you can do feelings over that and I think you know going back to the white bond in that's the, the great thing about it is you know you can be on a, a little table in our restaurant with many many people going around you can people watch or whatever but also you can go with um, a partner uh, a friend um, a relative you know a parent or something and really just have that time where enjoy food, enjoy the atmosphere, but enjoy each other. And I, I think if we taught that to children and to, at a young age, that they, you know, respected what they, what they eat, what they harvest and everything, then um, I, I, I think we would um, stop a lot of it. But definitely supporting Share Our Strength, um, Billy Shaw, uh, an amazing chap, and uh, again, another visionary with a, a great, a great man. And, the people that work for him and, and carry out this and do all that and um, try to spread the word and everything. Still a long, long way to go, and I think he'd be the first to admit that. Um, but we're, we're trying a little bit, and we're happy to support that, and we're proud to support that, and um, I think we are getting somewhere, you know, really. Jonathan, how do people learn more about the White Barn Inn? Oh, well, now we have the World Wide Web, so um, definitely we have a, a wonderful website with a lot of information on there at um, www.whitebarnin.com. Um, we also have a U.S. Hotels uh, website. Um, we also have Grace Properties um, in there, and you can find them all on the web, and we're expanding around the world with that, and we will probably, well, not probably, we will most certainly bring the Grace brand into um, Kenny Bunkport, Kenny Bunk soon. Um, that's high on the priorities of the Logothetis family, and, um, um, you know, you can really learn a lot about the White Barn in on there, and... Um, uh, you know, but the best way to learn about it is come on down and talk to one of our staff, really enjoy a meal and um, find out some of the history and some of the things that go off. And, um, you know, you want to really learn a lot more about it. Come and do a cooking class with us a day in the kitchen is also a lot of fun for those people that are passionate about uh, food and about hospitality in particular. We've been speaking with Jonathan Cartwright, the exec- executive chef at the White Barn Inn, and also with his new restaurant, Muse, by Jonathan Cartwright in the Vanderbilt Grace Hotel in Newport. Um, I do encourage people to spend some time in your restaurant. I'll have to go down to Newport. I haven't been there yet. 
Um, but the White Barn Inn is, is truly, it's, it's beyond just having a meal. It's an experience. So I hope that people have a chance to go down there and eat the food that you uh, prepare for them and um, have a chance to really experience the hospitality that you put out there. Thank you for bringing this delicious cuisine and experience, wonderful experience to the state of Maine. Oh, you're very kind. Thank you very much. And thank you for today. It's really nice to chat with you and to, to be here. And please hope everybody comes to the White Pond Inn and has an enjoyable time. Love to meet everybody. As a physician and small business owner, I rely on Marcy Booth from Booth, Maine to help me with my own business and to help me live my own life fully. Here are a few thoughts from Marcy. Loosely defined, hospitality is the relationship between the host and the guest. It's the host's job to make certain that everything is well taken care of. But when needs aren't met and details are missed, the experience becomes the exact opposite. It becomes an uncomfortable, bad memory. And as I think of it, there are times when my team plays the part of host. We make sure financial details for businesses and individuals are taken care of and that things run smoothly. Because when it comes to finances, happy memories are the best kind. I'm Marcy Booth. Let's talk about the changes you need. BoothMaine.com This segment of the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour is brought to you by the following generous sponsors. Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage in Yarmouth, Maine. Honesty and integrity can take you home. With Remax Heritage, it's your move. Learn more at rheritage.com. Using recycled sails collected from sailors and sailing communities around the world, Seabags designs and manufactures bags, totes, and accessories in Maine on Portland's working waterfront. From the best-selling classic Navy Anchor Tote to fresh new designs, Seabags offers retired sails another life by turning them into handmade, one-of-a-kind, nautical-inspired pieces. Please visit the Seabags store in Portland or Freeport, or go to www.seabags.com to browse their unique collection. Maine is fortunate to have um, many wonderful places to stay and to eat up and down its coast and into the interior and up to the very tip of Maine, but there are really only a few places that I think of when I think of luxury and true um, luxurious pampered hospitality. One of these places is the Camden Harbor Inn, which was um, which is a joint venture of Raymond Runyansky and Oscar Verest, um, both originally who are Dutch. Raymond has been a friend of mine for a while, as is Oscar, and I've had the good fortune to stay in their inn and also eat at their restaurant, Natalie's. And I'm so pleased that you came to talk to us today. And I'm also so pleased that you have brought the Camden Harbor Inn to Midcoast, Maine. It's a wonderful, wonderful jewel. Well, thank you, Lisa. I'm uh, really happy to be here and uh, excited to talk a little bit about, about what we're doing and uh, the product that we have and the luxury that we try to give to our guests. And uh, it's been an interesting uh, seven years. Well, tell me about that. You, I mean, obviously, if you and Oscar are Dutch and you've had many other things that you've done before now. I believe that you worked in the tour industry for a while and Oscar was a pharmacist for a while. You've been, you've done different things, you've been to different places. Um, Why did you choose Maine? Um, 
I think we were at a sort of a crossroad in our lives. Um, I have been consulting hotels in the Far East and and, and, and and the Middle East. And Oscar, as you said, had a pharmacy that he uh, that he owned and run for 10 years. And he was ready to sell his pharmacy and, and I was ready to do something else. Um, and we were vacationing in Maine uh, in 2003. And um, it was a leaf-peeping trip. And we did a three-week tour from uh, Boston to New Hampshire to Maine, Vermont, Connecticut. Um, and the truth is that, that I fell in love immediately with New England in general. And when I was uh, in Vermont, I had this vision that I should start writing and... Um, buy a house in Vermont and, and Oscar was like, you know, there is no way that we're going to do that uh, because it's not practical. You have to fly for seven hours to Boston and uh, if you so desperately want to ride, then buy a house in France, which is only like five hours driving and you can do that in the weekend. Um, but we both liked the area and almost by coincidence, we were able to, well, we were also too early that year. I mean, we were like mid-September and there was no foliage yet. So we didn't see anything really. We just saw, you know, the beautiful New England. So we did a year later, we were actually uh, off boat at the same time in the beginning of October. And we said, well, let's try it again and now actually see the foliage. And at that point, Oscar was more uh, thinking about really selling his business. And uh, I remember we were standing on a beach in Ogonquit. And for the so many time, I said to him, you know, why don't we move here? And he said, well, I can see myself living here on the ocean. I don't see myself living in Vermont, but I can see myself living here in Maine on the ocean. And, uh, you know, that was the beginning. That was, for me, the sign like, okay, now I'm going full force, and it took us another four years, three years, before we were able to find the right property. I think we looked over 100 properties, and we went to Vermont and New Hampshire and all the other states, but finally we ran into uh, into the Camden Harbor Inn, and it wasn't, we inst I at least instantly knew that it was the perfect place for us, and uh, and, and, and I had an immediate vision with this property and how it should be, and Camden felt right. It was a year. It is a year-round community, uh, as most coastal towns are closing down for the winter. Camden is is vibrant in the winter as well, with lots of restaurants and with Rockland nearby, with with, with the Farnsworth Museum and and people living there year-round. It felt comfortable, and uh, so we bought Camden Harbour Inn. What was it about the Camden Harbour Inn specifically, out of all the places that you looked at in these various New England states? Right. It, it, I think it was a growing process. We started with a uh, six-room bed and breakfast in Algonquin we looked at. And uh, the idea was that we would just run it for the summer and close it down in the winter and maybe go to Thailand and enjoy the beaches in Thailand in the winter and come back in the summer or in the spring to run the business. But if, as the more and more we looked at the business, uh, and, and, and we, didn't, we were not looking for a lifestyle, we were looking for business. And the more and more we start looking at the properties and you know, the asking prices and, and, and the money that you were able to make with those smaller properties, we realized that it was, it was a lifestyle and that you were banking on you know, the property becoming more worth over years, uh, the real estate, but the business itself was hardly sustainable. And you had to nickel and dime everything. Uh, you, know, you almost had to cal calculate how many muffins you would, were going to give for breakfast. 
and that's not who I am. Uh, it, it, it didn't feel right. So slowly in the years that we were looking for the right property, the, the business got bigger and bigger. And at some point we realized that we needed more privacy. We were staying at a lot of hotels or small inns and bed and breakfast where there was no privacy, where the, where, where, where the, the owners, you know, would be constantly on top of you, uh, where you have breakfast in the morning with other people at the same table. And I, I don't do well in the morning with other people at the same table. I don't want to talk to other people. I just want, want to have my privacy when I'm vacationing. Uh, uh, and so more and more, we understood that while we wanted to run, you should be able to offer privacy. It should be able to, you know, feel like a luxurious, rich Carlton, but at the same time have that uh the feeling of a small bed and breakfast as well the warmth and and, and the coziness of a, of a smaller property um so slowly bit by bit our property got bigger and bigger and our t- vacations to thailand in the winter completely got eliminated <laughs> in the process and 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 we also realized that we wanted to have a restaurant if we wanted to be open year round and and so I think when we walked into Camden Harbour, when I, uh, Oscar was still very hesitant about Camden Harbour, but when I walked into that building, there was space for a restaurant. They, they in, in in the past 10, 15 years ago, they were running a restaurant there, and and everything looked, you know, so dated in that building. It was such an old Victorian building with tons of curtains in front of the window and flowery wallpapers, and everything was a big mismatch, and uh, it, it it just, you know, it. I understand why people would walk in there and say, oh my God, I'm not even starting with this property. But it had one thing. It is on the, as you said before, it's on a hilltop overlooking the entire harbor, Mount Betty, all the highlights of Camden. And and the views are just sensational. And when I walked into that building, I was like, we just need to open it up. We need to just open it up to the to, to, to the outside again and, and we will be fine. And, and you know, and everything else is just renovating and updating, and I can do that, but I cannot, you know, find a better location than this. So I convinced Oscar that this was the right property, and we bought it. <laughs> the goal of the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour is to help make connections between the health of the individual and the health of the community. The goal of Ted Carter Inspired Landscapes is to deepen our appreciation for the natural world. Here to speak with us today is Ted Carter. I have a beautiful biodynamic garden, and it was quite abundant this year. My biodynamic landscaper, Bennett Steele, told me about Max Gerson. He died, I think, in the late 50s, but he spoke about a plant-based diet and how the enzymes in raw fruits and vegetables really work to heal us. And Max Gerson really worked on cancer therapies with using a new diet, I guess you might say, with vegetables and fruits, and it it actually was quite successful. Interestingly, nature does nothing but really reach out to us and heal us, and when we consume these plants, they really work in concert with us, bringing us balance and bringing us a sense of peace. When I go down to the garden, I pick all my fresh uh, vegetables and I squeeze them through a juicer that I have. They're incredible and you can just tell your body is resounding and in great happiness. So I think it's important that we understand just how much plant life is here to really work with us and give us balance and stasis in our lives. I'm Ted Carter and if you'd like to contact me, I can be reached at tedcarterdesign.com. 
We'll return to our program after acknowledging the following generous sponsors. Dr. John Herzog of Orthopedic Specialists in Falmouth, Maine. At Orthopedic Specialists, ultrasound technology is taken to the highest degree. With state-of-the-art ultrasound equipment, small areas of tendonitis, muscle and ligament tears, instability, and arthritic conditions can be easily found during examination. For more information, visit orthocareme.com or call 207-781-9077. We at the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour know that our listeners understand the importance of the health of the mind, body, and spirit. Here to talk about the health of the body are Travis Bullier and Jim Graderix, a Premier Sports Health, a division of Black Bear Medical. Jim, you pull those socks up any higher, and I'm pretty sure I'm not hanging out with you anymore. Travis, they're compression socks. You know, like the medical ones, only they're for athletes. Oh, so now you're calling yourself an athlete. This keeps getting better. Well, they actually work. They increase blood flow in your legs by as much as 40%, and you know what that does. Hmm, let me guess. Allows you to leap tall buildings in a single bound? No, they allow more oxygen and nutrient-rich blood to my muscles, which reduces muscle fatigue and allows me to train harder. Plus, I'm not as sore after those long runs, and they also flush out lactic acid and keep my feet cool and dry. And of course, they're stylish. Jim, I'm actually wearing some right now. I wear them every day even when I'm not training. I notice a huge difference in how my legs feel. But Jim? Yes, Travis? I actually am wearing pants over mine since we are in the office. Hey, pays to advertise. I suppose it would. Maybe you ought to promise the listeners that if they stop down to our store on 275 Marginal Way in Portland, they can see firsthand what an athlete in his compression apparel looks like. Or they could visit blackbearmedical.com and read up a little more. Hey, that's a great idea. Come by 275 Marginal Way location today or visit us at blackbearmedical.com and see our entire line of compression apparel and other sports medicine equipment. Life can be a bear. Attack it with Black Bear Medical. Well, one of the reasons that I'm able to spend time in various places is through 48 Hours, which is associated with Maine Magazine. There was a 48 Hours issue that recently came out. Kevin Thomas, the publisher, and I spent time in Camden on our 48 hours, and it was not the nicest of weekends. The weather (laughs) weather wasn't so great, but we did stay in the Camden Harbor Inn, and we stayed in this amazing room that had a sauna and a shower, the likes of which I have rarely seen, an enormous bathtub and a fireplace, and it was to, to think we have this in Maine. You know, it, it was right. surprising, and it almost made it so, well, do we even need to leave to go anywhere else? And other people have said the same thing. They right. said, we read the 48 Hours issue, and then we kind of did your 48 Hours Camden, and we spent time at the Camden Harbor Inn, and they found the same thing, that right. just staying at the inn was enough of a draw that they might not have even had to leave. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, and I hope we achieve that always with our guests. Um, We've worked very hard, first of all, to create a, a, a place where people feel comfortable, where they feel like they can be themselves. Uh, I don't like stuffy, snobby hotels, you know, even when we are on the higher price level uh, for, for room rates and, and also dining. I don't think it should mean that you have you, you should feel that you have to sit up or that you have to behave 
you know, to a certain degree. Uh, I still think that you should be able to walk in your shorts in our hotel. I still feel that you don't should not uh, be forced to wear a jacket when you go to our dining room for 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 the men or. Uh, I think we should create something, and 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 I think we were we succeeded in that where people are just beautiful. I mean, if you dine in our restaurant, regardless of what you're wearing, you will look beautiful in the lights that we chose, in 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 the, in the colors that we chose. You will be as beautiful as you can be, even when you wear shorts. And it's fine, you know, come in as you wish, uh, because it's it's about you. It's not about me and my rules and regulations how to how to walk around my building or inside my building. In the process, we try to give people all the amenities and, and things that we think that will help them to make their experience nicer. You know, the suites of saunas, steam showers, iPads, uh, sound systems. Trip, uh, I think the grand suite has trees, flat screen televisions. I mean, even one in the bathroom. It's it, but it's at the end of the day, there, there's there's the amenities are not the important part of our product. At, at the end of the day, there could be another hotel. Uh, opening up next to us uh, with newer rooms with newer amenities and and you can't simply constantly keep up with uh, especially in big cities you know hotels are opening every week there there is no way that you can keep up with all those amenities improving them and 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 keeping up with what the competition is doing so what what makes a really great experience is is our staff and, and and how they treat our people and we have over 40 people working for us uh, taking care of our guests and that is you know that for me the way they they work and 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 their hard work and and their commitment and 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 their desire to make sure that all our guests individually have an amazing time that makes it in my opinion that guests don't want to leave that they want to stay because they feel so pampered and taken care of and and nothing is scripted nothing is 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 forced it's all intuitive almost it's it's you know if somebody's sitting in the lounge there's always one of our staff members going there and you know would you like to have a cup of tea or and and uh, you don't we don't even charge them for that it's just you know be part of our family it's it's like you know the great mom taking care of her 40 children when we're fully booked and <laughs> and making sure everybody's happy when i've eaten at natalie's um I've noticed a lot of people there enjoying their meal as kind of a special occasion. Right. It's, when I think about special occasion places, um, <clears throat> birthdays, anniversaries, uh, we were there once for a child's, um, I think it was his 20th birthday. Right. Is that one of the things that you had hoped to do, is to create a place that people could really um, make memories in? Yeah. I think everything we did at Camden Harbour Inn was to make memories and to bring experiences home and to not necessarily see something you would see somewhere else. I think traveling is is about making memories, about experiences that are new and different and coming home with new, refreshed ideas, uh, get inspired and, and maybe you know implement a couple of the things that you saw during your travels in your own life. Um, Natalie's has been a uh, it's been an, an interesting experience. Uh, it, it's very difficult to run a restaurant, especially when you uh, are in in, in in a remote area like Camden, Maine. More so when you decide to have a fine dining restaurant. Uh, our price point is high. It's high for the uh, local community, um, but also the commitment, the time commitment that you uh, need to make when you dine at our restaurant is is. Mm, 
So it's not a restaurant where you just walk in, have a quick bite and, and walk out again. And in the beginning, when, when I started operating a restaurant, I, uh, it, it's in my, in my, in my genes, it's my, in my personality to please everyone. I mean, I'm, I'm like, you know, everybody should be happy. And, and, and I think in the beginning, it's sort of the focus was not there. And, and it was unclear for people what we were, because in the winter, we, we, we tried to get the whole, entire community in. And in the summer, we were a fine dining restaurant. And... And it took me a couple of years to figure out that we are a fine dining restaurant and it's okay that, you know, people, the locals are not coming in three times per week, uh, but they come in like maybe once every two weeks to celebrate something or have a special dinner and um, and that they actually have to pay a little bit more to, to get a sensational experience. And uh, we finally, uh, when we finally understood that, uh, we were able to really focus the restaurant in the right way. And now when you look at the reviews and what people say about a restaurant, they, they say, you know, it's expensive, but it is probably the best experience I've ever had in my life. You know, in some respects, I think that you even have to get to the place where you value your own self enough to stay in a place like the Camden Harbor Inn or to eat at Natalie's. And you have to say, you know what, this is going to contribute to positively to my well-being. It's going to give me something that I enjoy doing, um, a chance to stay with somebody or eat with somebody. Um, that so even the guests have to decide this is this is worth it to me. Right. And, well, I think the danger in this industry is is that um, the, the the industry is changing really fast right now. Uh, if you go to New York, Miami. You have all those club hotels where people, you know, where you still get charged five, six hundred dollars to start with at a at a, at a king size room, and but but the staff is too cool to really, uh, you know, uh, service you. Uh, they they think they're more important than than that you are, uh, unless you are Madonna checking in, but otherwise, uh, you know, they don't care about you. And so I understand that more and more uh, Americans, but. People all over the world uh, get a little hesitant paying so much money for a room because how do you know that you actually get worth what you're paying for? And uh, and I think that is a challenge for, for a lot of hotels, even for Ritz-Carlton nowadays and the Four Seasons, to, to find a way to make sure that, that the people understand that what they're doing is worth paying for and that you actually should go there. Uh, and, and you should do both. I mean, you should stay at an inexpensive hotel when you're on a trip and, and then pamper yourself at a luxury hotel, but then pick the one that, you know, is really going to pamper you and don't pick one where you charge where you get charged $600 because it's high season on the coast and, 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 and you get a lousy experience. And, and you know, with TripAdvisor and all kinds of review pages and, and magazines printing about hotels, I think if you do your research, you can figure it out. Raymond, I'm sure after listening to us have this conversation about hospitality and what the Camden Harbor Inn and Natalie's have to offer, that people will want to go and visit you and Oscar up in Camden. So how do people learn about the Camden Harbor Inn? Well, we have obviously our wonderful website, camdenharborinn.com uh, and natalie'srestaurant.com. Our website is actually amazing. You have so much information on our website, not about you know all the rooms and hotels and experiences that we have, but about Camden. Uh, with over 14,000 visits per month on our website, Camden Harbor Inn website. People use the website also just to get information about Camden, which is great. Um, and, and I think uh, 
they have something in the industry that's called hotel porn. I'm not sure if I can say that, but and there are a lot of people out there that just go to hotel websites, especially the high-end ones, to just look at the pictures and, and, and imagine themselves living there or staying there and, and start saving for years to, 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 to come. And to be honest, you know, we have a lot of VIPs and famous people staying with us. Um, but for me personally, that, that the couple that is, you know, in the in the early 30s and saved three years to stay with us and send us six emails to make sure that their experience is going to be just amazing. That's so uh, that that makes me so happy, and, and I, I'm just going to really. We all are at our entire team is would, is going the extra mile for those people, especially for those people, because I know how hard they're working to to stay with us, and I really appreciate that they spend so much money at our, at our place. I've been speaking with Raymond Brunyanski, who, along with his partner Oscar Verest, owns the Camden Harbor Inn right here in Camden, Maine. Um, thank you for bringing your positive uh, view of the world to the coast of Maine and also to our studio. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you, Lisa. It was a pleasure. You have been listening to the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast, show number 109, Hospitality. Our guests have included Jonathan Cartwright and Raymond Brunyanski. For more information on our guests and extended interviews, visit doctorlisa.org. We invite you to join us for a very special upcoming event. Senator Angus King will speak about Maine and the global environment at the Physicians for Social Responsibility Maine Chapter annual dinner on Tuesday, October 15. The dinner is a unique opportunity to participate in an interactive discussion with Senator King and learn about PSR Maine. The dinner is being held on October 15th at the Italian Heritage Center in Portland. For more information, go to psrmaine.org or the PSR Maine Facebook page or email karen at psrmaine.org. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is downloadable for free on iTunes. For a preview of each week's show, sign up for our e-newsletter and like our Dr. Lisa Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter and Pinterest and read my take on health and well-being on the Bountiful blog. We love to hear from you, so please let us know what you think of the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour. We welcome your suggestions for future shows. Also, let our sponsors know that you have heard about them here. We are privileged that they enable us to bring the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour to you each week. This is Dr. Lisa Belial. I hope that you have enjoyed our hospitality show. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day. May you have a bountiful life. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is made possible with the support of the following generous sponsors. Maine Magazine, Marcy Booth of Booth, Maine, Apothecary by Design, Premier Sports Health, a division of Black Bear Medical, Dr. John Herzog of Orthopedic Specialists, Seabags, Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage, Ted Carter, Inspired Landscapes, and Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour is recorded in the studio of Maine Magazine at 75 Market Street, Portland, Maine. Our executive producers are Kevin Thomas and Dr. Lisa Belial. Audio production and original music by John C. McCain. Our assistant producer is Leanne Wiemet. Our online producer is Katie Kelleher. Become a subscriber of Dr. Lisa Belial on iTunes. See the Dr. Lisa website or Facebook page for details. Summaries of all our past shows can be found at doctorlisa.org.